Welcome to the Ministry Marts podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. Our topic today is the ministry of saying goodbye. Saying goodbye is difficult. And I think I've heard it said before that no one likes to say goodbye. But you know, some people do it very well. They do it in such a way that it it leaves an impression on whoever is uh, is saying goodbye, but also the recipients of that goodbye. And I think I think to myself when I when I'm thinking about goodbyes, yeah, just go some be a good deep ones. Thought. Yeah, it sounds spiritual. I think automatically of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was I had to have been in high school. When did Seinfeld end? Uh, yeah, we, uh, nine, 98 is what I'm thinking. 97, I think 98. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's more in there, 99. Yeah. I was in high school and I remember leaving the pool hall. <laughs> I just said you were in high school. Uh, <laughs> you mean high school like aged. Johnny Hunt, a Johnny Hunt story, doesn't yeah. it? I was, I was hanging out after school at the pool hall and, uh, and I left from the pool hall and I went home just so I could watch the final episode of Seinfeld. And Oh, it was so good. I, th- I think it was a fitting end, a fitting goodbye for the whole show, the way it ended with him in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? And some others have done it very well, and it stands out in our minds. David, who, who yeah. are you thinking of? You know, there's one famous goodbye. It goes all the way back to July the 4th, 1939. It was a, a baseball player by the name of Lou Gehrig. You know, the disease that carries on with his name is something that he is known for. But on, in 1939, he said goodbye two years before his death. He was just 37 years old. And uh, and he said goodbye. In his goodbye speech at Yankee Stadium, he said, I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I think that's a really good goodbye. Thomas, there are a few times in my life where I have thought I must be the luckiest or let's Christianize a little bit. I must be the most blessed man on the face of the earth. And I think you could say that as well about the Lord's blessing in my life and in your life and our lives. So that's a good way of saying it. I must be the most blessed man on the face of the earth. So now let's think about it on the spot because we have not, I have not asked you this question. What's a bad goodbye? A bad goodbye is telling somebody how you really feel. Let me tell you how I really feel about you. Now, bye. So, yeah, bye, Felicia. You know. <laughs> can you think of a, Can you think of a, an example of a bad goodbye? Oh, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. What would be a bad goodbye? I have no idea. <laughs> well, thanks for having me there. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously, we can think of some movies, you know, where people throw in things yeah. and. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista. Balk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are all types of bad. Oh man, so you know, after, you know, some coaches being fired and telling just how they really feel about this program or whatever before they head on out and ride off into the sunset. Yeah, there's there are multiple ways for a bad goodbye. There are a few ways for a a good <laughs> that's goodbye. A, that's a good point. <laughs> multiple ways for a bad goodbye. Only a few for a good goodbye. So. When we're talking about how to say goodbye or the ministry of saying goodbye, how should a pastor 
say goodbye. Yeah. We know, Thomas, I, I think he should say goodbye with gratitude. One thing that comes to my mind, whenever I think about ministries we've served in, I've, I've served in four ministry positions, a youth guy, and then I'm in my third pastorate. And I just think of the blessings of God. At every one of those places, there were people we could encounter, people that 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 I, I grew from, people that I saw grow spiritually. And this was such gratitude. Whenever I look at the conclusion of a ministry, I just want to thank God for the the ups, the downs, the the hardships, the easy ships, the, the the good times, and I think it's with gratitude because we are so very blessed to have ministries um, that are hand picked divinely for us, and so it is it is with gratitude. I think a pastor should say goodbye. What are your thoughts? And a pastor will have to say goodbye, won't he? Yeah, he, I, he does somehow or another. He's going to have to say goodbye. I mean, we we can't all be like. Uh, Bobby Holland. Bobby Holland. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Bobby Bob, Holland. Bobby Holland at Birmingham Ridge Baptist Church. Maybe so. Tell me more about Brother Reverend Holland. <laughs> I think that's his name. Uh, he went to his first church like over forty years ago, uh-huh. and he's still there he's still as there. pastor. Oh yeah. my, my, yeah. But even he'll have to say goodbye one of these days to retirement or whatever the case may be. Exactly. Yep. So, but more than likely, as a pastor. We're going to have to leave from one church and go to another. So we we have to say goodbye and we have to uh, do that, as you've already said, with gratitude. And we need to do that with grace as well. You know, when I think about saying goodbye and and every pastor has to say goodbye at one point or time, everybody in ministry has to say goodbye. However, the pastor says goodbye, I believe he should write it down. Why? Why should he write it down? Because that is such an emotional time. I I can remember, I think it was when I was leaving from First Baptist Nettleton as youth minister, and I was just going to get up there and resign, you yeah, know? I no mean, big deal. Going, I'm going to Tiplersville Baptist Church to be the pastor, and so I'm just going to hop up there and resign and then I wasn't prepared for the emotional turmoil that was about to happen. I'd, I'm not sure if the congregation was prepared for the emotional turmoil <laughs> that was about to happen behind the pulpit, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just remember stuttering and stammering all through it, crying, snot dripping, crying, yeah. you know, <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably. And, yeah. and I thought to myself, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And so from there on out, I've written it out. I've written out the resignation. I've written out what I wanted to say. That way I can express my final thoughts, but I can get through it as well. And you still, I still, when I left from like Tiplersville, I can remember I, I had written everything out, but I got up there. And I just, I just weeped, and it was just such a, a sad occasion to leave the church. Uh, but it was also a joyous occasion, but because I was going to another ministry, and so, like I say, however he's going to say it, I believe he needs to write it out first, so that the thoughts are there, and when the emotion of the moment begins to wane on him, he can. 
he can push through it by reading it. Yeah. You know, and the emotional toll is something you really cannot be prepared for. Sometimes as pastors, we become accustomed to dealing with emotional issues, graveside services, families suffering, surgeries that went poorly and whatever it may be. And we have to be the strong guy. We've got to be, we've got to be, we've, we've got to, that person is to some extent relying upon our strength. We're there with a prayer of encouragement or a word that the Lord is going to see you through this. And, and we are emotionally strong people as pastors. But whenever you get up there to resign, man, you look out at people who have been your de facto family. And whenever you're at a church, you know, like, like me and you, we both your parents and my parents are still alive, but both of our parents are about an hour from where we currently serve. And, and you look out there and I have some moms that take care of me. And I have some ladies who are like grandmothers to me. I have some dudes that are like brothers. I ain't never had a brother. You neither have you. We both have sisters. We were not blessed enough to have a brother. We just had those old sisters. But Rojos Diablos. That's <laughs> Red, Red Devil. Devil. <laughs> That's what he calls his sister. Yeah. <laughs> and I never called my sister that, by the way. She doesn't have red hair. <laughs> but but I, I look out and it is so emotional because once you leave a ministry, you always leave saying this, it's going to be just like it has been. No, it's not because you're not going to see that person. And that person in, in a matter of weeks or months is going to have a new pastor and they need that new pastor to be their pastor. They don't need you or me to be their pastor. It's his responsibility. And then when you go into another church, we have a congregation to see after and we must be emotionally vested in them to be able to to give them what a what a pastor is supposed to give his flock and his people. And so yeah, Thomas saying goodbye. You may think you're big and tough and gnarly until you get up there behind the pulpit to say goodbye, but dude, it is tough. It's very emotional. Now let's talk about timing for a moment. So let's talk about the timing of the resignation announcement. And then let's talk about the timing of the resignation as far as length. So is there an, in your mind, is there an appropriate time to resign? And would there, there be any uh, change to that? Would you see that there might be some extenuating circumstances to change that? First, an extenuating circumstance would be a pandemic like we are in. There have been ministers who have resigned over the past two or three months that did it in unordinary ways just because of the stipulations of no in-person meetings and things like that. Now, to answer to answer your first question, the best time, in my opinion, would be at the conclusion of a Sunday morning service. That would mean you were previously voted on, you, were, you preached a trial sermon somewhere, you were voted on by a body of believers, you got that word, and then you are able to resign at the end of a Sunday morning service. The reason why I say Sunday morning is the majority of the online watchers will be watching. The majority of the of the members, the, the Sunday morning attendance is best then. Some guys, if they're voted in on a Sunday morning, they'll resign on the Sunday night. They will resign on a, on a Wednesday night. They'll resign at the first given opportunity. But in a perfect world, which we do not live the end of a Sunday morning service. And that, but that can be changed because of different things. What are you thinking? Yeah. So when I left from Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church to come here to Holly, I had preached Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. 
And then that Sunday, after that Sunday morning service, I'd already planned on being back at Pleasant Ridge that Sunday night. And so they voted that Sunday morning after that Sunday morning service. And I received the, the call to come here as pastor. And so when I went back that Sunday night to Pleasant Ridge, it was already out. It was, there was people who was already saying some things on Facebook and, and other platforms. And so when I got back to Pleasant Ridge that Sunday night, I went ahead and announced it, you know, that Sunday night. It is not what I would have preferred to have done. I think I would have preferred to have done so on a Sunday morning because that is the most attended service of almost any church. And especially, as you've already mentioned, now with the considerations of coronavirus and and the lockdown, you need to do so in a way that's going to be broadcast as well to the congregation that will go out so that people who aren't coming to the service will be able to hear it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, now, Thomas, that answers the first question that you had. And then the second question was, what is the length of, basically, when you when you give your resignation, how long of a, of a time do you need to give? A two-week notice, a month notice, or whatever? And um, I, I have a funny story. Is it all right if I share a funny story? I like funny stories. Oh, right. All right. So <laughs> whenever I went to Trinity Baptist Church, uh, as I was talking with them, or shortly after I went there, I received a copy of the Constitution and Bylaws. Actually, it was before. It was while I was talking with the committee that was looking to call me to be their next pastor or recommend that I be called to be their next pastor. They gave me a copy of the Constitution and Bylaws, and there is something of interest that is in there. In the Constitution and Bylaws, it says, and I quote, well, I'm not quoting it, I'm not reading it, but it says pretty close to this, a pastor or staff member upon his resignation can give a zero-week notice one week notice or two week notice. Whenever I read that, I thought, what? We have had we have had staff resign and I've gotten in touch with chairmen of deacons just to say, hey, staff members resigning. I want you to know this is what the Constitution and Bylaws says. They say, oh no, we think you're wrong about that, preacher. It's at least a two-week notice. And I'll say, you go turn to page 24 and you read paragraph two. And in just a little bit, they'll text me back and they'll say, you were right. You know, I thought it said at least a two-week notice. It says at most a two-week notice. Now here's the story. A few pastors ago, I'm not going to tell you his name. Tell us his name. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but it was not me. It was not Don Baggett. It goes back several, several pastors back. And I heard the story as I first came and began to ask questions about this. And I said, why is that in there? And they said, well, brother so-and-so had had a lengthy ministry. It was a multi-year ministry. And... And his ministry kind of waned a little bit, possibly. Um, the church had, had dwindled to some extent. It was not a bolstering, blowing, and going time in in his ministry's time or his ministry. You know, the member of his ministry. And I heard one person told me it was the first Sunday in March. The next person told me it was the last Sunday in January. He resigned effective immediately or do you uh, effective on December 31st. So he resigned either in January or March for the upcoming December. Oh, wow. And they said he did not do much ministry for the remainder of that year, but he stayed on. There was no policy saying you cannot stay. Just you have to resign and at least give a two week notice. Well, he did. He gave about a 10 to 12 month notice. Oh, my goodness. And so they fixed that, buddy. So I can give a zero, one or two week notice for Holly. Holly Baptist Church, 
you have to at least give a two week notice uh, before you can resign. So, uh, and they don't have a length to it. You, it's got to at least be two weeks, but nothing on the maximum side. No, no more than this. And so, uh, usually in the hey at Tiplersville, you couldn't give a two week notice. The resignation was immediate. Oh, right. Okay. Now I've heard of some churches even being, if you preached in view of a call somewhere, that is your resignation. Now, just don't even come back. I've heard of some being like that, which is a little bit out there. But once you resign, you said you're good. You're good buys. Yeah. Of course, Andrew Chesteen may have gotten that changed in Tiplersville. Yeah. You know, he's a real laws. leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike that guy he followed. Who yeah. was it that was a pastor before him? <laughs> and so, But when I resigned... They, uh, I wanted to give a two week notice. They had to get the church to vote. The deacons, one of the deacons made the church vote that they would, uh, extend that grace period to me and allow me to have two weeks. Well, bless them for doing so. (laughs) (laughs) I was thankful that they allowed me to do so. Yeah, that's right. I got to stay, uh, two weeks. What are some things you want to do? You said you want to do so with gratitude. We've talked about timing. Do you do you try to encourage the church? That's what I think you do. Um, you know, like you said, there is a level of excitement in the pulpit. And I'm going to say the equal level of excitement in the pulpit is met with a level of almost depression in the pew. We are excited. There's a new ministry abroad. There's a new church, whatever it might be. But they're thinking, oh, man, I was just getting to know this guy. You know, I was just we were just really getting to fall in love with him after five years. And now he's going to be leaving it. Oh, am I going to have to serve on the pastor search team? Boy, I sure hope not. And so, yeah, so I think there's a level of encouragement. And I think there's a level of, of stating the honest truth. Church, this is who you are. Don't forget who you are and allow your ministry to to flourish. The, the Lord is going to prepare a guy to come in who's going to be better than me, and, and he is going to bless you during this time. That's I think it's kind of a level of preparedness you need to go ahead and open the door to. All right, so Thomas, in this, in this ministry of saying goodbye, uh, what are some loose ends a pastor needs to tie up when he says goodbye? Yeah, I think there are some loose ends, and I, we never get everything accomplished at a ministry that we want to get accomplished. And so usually at the end of a ministry, there are going to be some things that begins to rise to the top and you say, man, I just, I just never got to do that. Those are some conversations that you need to have with people so they can be prepared or they can have it on their mind when the next pastor, the next pastor that comes in is going to have a completely different ministry, a different focus, but what I'm thinking of in my mind right now is, is I read that it takes at least two or three pastors before a church will ever build. So like one, one pastor begins the discussion, they leave, the next pastor comes in, he may get to build, yeah. he may just further along the discussion, and then the third pastor might be the guy who gets to, to build because the congregation needs that that time to hear and to adjust and and once it becomes a recurring theme it's something that they can grab a hold of it's very similar if there are some things that are in the ministry mindset the 
the ministry design that that pastor has, when he goes to leave, maybe he just needs to mention it as a way of saying, you know, don't be shocked if the next pastor comes in and wants to change this aspect of ministry. There may be some conversations that you need to have with a person one-on-one. There might be some people that, that we need to apologize to. You know, in the ministry, there are times where we have to make some decisions that may hurt, and, and it might be just a time where you reach out to a person and say, listen, I know I hurt you, but I, was, I, I think I was doing the right thing for Holly Baptist Church or Trinity Baptist Church or, or whatever church it may be. I think I was doing the right thing for them. I know I hurt you. I'm sorry. I just want you to know that before, before I leave. And there may be some people that you're leaving. Okay. What are they going to do? Fire you? Right. I mean, so you're leaving. There might be some people you need to call and say, you could be a great church member and you could be a great asset to this church if you would get on board and use your God-given talent in the church. So, (laughs) <laughs> so there are some definitely some conversations that a pastor should have because he wants the church. The, the ministry of the church does not, does not stop when a pastor leaves. And so there are some conversations that a pastor needs to have. Yeah. You know, and Thomas, I'm thinking about that. Whenever a pastor resigns, we have the floor and we can say basically anything that, that we feel the Lord leading us to say, we want to do that in gracious and, and you know, in gracious ways. But there are many church members who who may never have the opportunity to say goodbye to us. They don't they don't have a close relationship with us where they would come in and pull up a chair at our office and sit down and talk. They wouldn't invite us out to go eat breakfast, something like that. And I think one really good way for a church member to say goodbye to their pastor is to write a letter. I think it is fantastic for a church member to take the time to type out a letter or handwrite that letter just to tell their 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 pastor, this is this is how much you impacted me. And if a person will do that through a letter. They don't have to worry about, you know, crying and, 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 you know, their pastor thinking less of them because they were emotionally upset. No, just write the letter. And if you can remember something in that pastor's life where he said something you had never heard before, or that pastor's family blessed you in a way you had never been blessed before, just tell him about it. Just take the time to write the letter. And then on his last Sunday, give it to him. And let that be your goodbye to him. Oh, wow. That's, that's good. David, when a pastor leaves a church, should he continue to wield influence over that church after he is gone? Okay. So, Thomas, you have asked a question that has one of two answers, yes or no. So I have a 50-50 shot of getting it right. I want you to tell me if I get it right. The answer is no. I think that is correct. That is. <laughs> it is hard It is tough, but whenever a new pastor comes in, it's his ministry. You've moved on. If you still wanted to have influence over those people, guess what? Remain their pastor is what what I think. Yeah. In your experience, have you seen, you don't give any names, but you can just answer this as generically as possible, as vaguely as possible. Uh, Have you seen some pastors who have not done that. I have. I have never experienced this personally. Thank the Lord. I never have. But I have friends 
who have experienced it. There's a friend that comes to my mind. He's a very dear friend of mine. He went to a church and he followed a man who was a, a good pastor and a really nice guy. And every time someone was sick, the former pastor who was pastoring a different church at that time would be at the hospital. Anytime there was a birthday party, former pastor was there. And it made my friend feel awkward that his ministry never really flourished. Even though he was there for years, previous guy was really always their pastor. And I've heard of a similar experience as well. And this uh, one pastor had went to a church and the other pastor would contact the church members. And I think the other pastor had, had moved to a church that was like 20 or 30 miles away or something, uh, short enough for a person to drive if they wanted to. And the pastor would call the church members and try to get them to attend his church. So yeah, he, he would try to get people to come to that church no that he was way. pastoring right then. Oh man, bless people like that. <laughs> but, I, but I agree with you. That when a pastor leaves, he leaves his opportunity to wield influence over that church. He's leaving the leadership position, so allow someone else to come and lead. Thomas, why are we doing an episode in the Ministry Marks podcast about saying goodbye? Because we're saying goodbye. I really feel that we are. Ministry changes, roles change, and in, in our lives, our lives are changing for the glory of God. And so, Thomas, I guess as you would say, we are signing off from the Ministry Marks podcast. And so I am saying goodbye. And I'm saying goodbye. Yeah, that makes it a goodbye then. Thank you for joining the Ministry Marks podcast today. It was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs>